But no more of that mushy shit. Let's move no on. No more. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you can't imagine how many times I've been asked to create an OnlyFans. And I like, because I don't think women really care too much about nudes from dudes. Like it's my money so making true. Would, be, would be with all the gay boys. That's, Dude, that's where the money making would be. Gays are fucking savages too. It's like they've never seen a <laughs> dick in their life. It's like... <laughs> Absolutely. And hell yes, because let me tell you something. If I had a hot bod, I'd be fucking naked on the internet like <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> We're not going to turn this podcast into like, oh, it's really hard being good looking. We're not going to do that shit. Okay. Welcome to Unshut, a place where if at any point you feel like you need to shut the f up, don't. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me? I can. I don't know why it's this background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. Uh, we don't want Golden Gate Bridge. Come on. It's fucking ghetto down there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm ready. Awesome. Fuck yeah, let's do it, dude. All right, well, welcome Ashton, also known as Vendetta Lust. Do you prefer to just go as Vendetta Lust or does the first name bother you? No, no, call me Ashton. First of all, thank you so much for being here today and congrats on the upcoming show. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you so much. So there's this film festival called Sundance Film Festival every single year in Park City. As a kid, I always, always, I loved it up there during Sundance. The only time I ever went was when I was younger I haven't gone as a as an adult quite yet but it's something that's always been on my bucket list and it's something that I've always wanted to accomplish. And this year I got hit up by a booking agent and one of my friends kind of plugged me into it. And I got invited to do a like upcoming artist showcase during the film festival. So we're freaking excited. I have an hour long set, so that'll be fun. It's the first time I've ever done a lengthy set. So I'm nervous for that, but we're gonna we're gonna do good we're gonna try our best who was the first person you told the news to i think i took it straight to social media but my roommate zach he's he's helped me out quite a bit over the past year just with you know i went through a bunch of stuff i was supposed to move to la and i had a full-time manager and um it didn't end up working out with him so he gave me a place to stay because my other lease had ended and i needed somewhere temporary because i didn't know what my my future plans were how quick it was going to happen for me to move to LA. He's just helped me out a lot emotionally as a friend too. And, and so, yeah, he was the first person I told. He's like the first person I tell everything to now. Cause I, you know, that he's become my go-to guy. Damn. We all need a Zach in our lives. That is awesome. We <laughs> yeah, we do. He's a good guy. Before we talk about music and all that good stuff, I have something for you because, you know, upon doing some research, I found something about you that I want to bring up. We're going to start off the bat like that. Something I found on the internet about you. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are no ugly people in your family. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was doing some intensive research and I found your sister. I'm like, she is, isn't she beautiful? I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, I know. Right. And then ironically enough, like a day later, you posted your dad. I think this was for like the holidays or something. And I'm like, well, he's not an ugly dad either. I'm like, what the fuck? Everyone in his family is like good looking. <laughs> Thank you. All the girls that know my dad call him a deal. He loves it. He loves the attention. I have the most incredible family, too. They are. Oh my gosh. Like I, a dad, I know this is like very rare too for people. My dad was like, always told us to lead with our heart and wear our emotions and cry when we feel like crying and let it out. My dad's my hero. He's, he's so special. He's also a good looking dude at the same time. I got blessed with some good genetics. Thankfully I'm, I'm thankful for that, but yeah, they've given me everything that I have in my life. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for them. That's for sure. And my sister has given me all of my fashion sense since I was a kid. She's incredible. Yeah, I noticed like she is giving fashion icon on every post and even her husband. And so one of my questions on here was who styles who and has she ever styled you? Oh my gosh. So many times I couldn't tell you how many times that she styled me. I'll tell you a, a funny story. When we were younger, I, it was kind of weird because I was always intrigued in uh, with fashion. It was like something that I always loved. My brother, he was 
was more of the sporty guy who would play team sports and stuff like that. He was actually slivers away from being a professional baseball player. So he played for the Dodgers club team. He was working his way up the ranks to try and get into the big show, the MLB, and and he dedicated his whole life to it. Went to some universities and, and killed it. And But my sister, on the other hand, was always the creative fashion. Like she's a fashionista. She used to do these drawings. She would draw her own mannequins and create her own fashion styles. When I tell you, like I tell her every day still, I'm like, you need to go into fashion. I, no matter how much risk it takes, just do it. You won't you won't regret it because she would be so successful in that field. And yeah, she's she's influenced all of my style. I mean, I have a very out there style, I would say. So and it comes directly from her, but I I wouldn't want it any other way. Well, I mean, this is why we have to keep pushing the music and keep going in that artistry direction. That way exactly. we can bring her on board, you know, and she yes. can be the full time stylist. Absolutely. Exactly. That's been our plan the whole time. Hell yeah. We're hoping to make that happen. We will. We'll make it happen. No, absolutely. And I feel like that's one of my favorite things to tell artists when I talk to them is like flops or not, just keep pushing because it's always exactly. the people that flop once that don't ever pick it back up that. Yes. don't make it you know so yes we all have our cringy moments in this career so absolutely <laughs> it's crazy i i have i and it's like a it's been a flop for me consistently for 10 years and i don't even know that i'd call it a flop i would say that it's just been a journey of finding my pocket of music and where i can excel at the most because i started out as a rapper and that didn't work out and then I was in uh, a group called the Sauce Boys with one of my friends that didn't work out. I didn't even know that I could sing. I just like went and started taking singing lessons. I was like, I want this more than I've wanted anything ever in my life. And it was honestly just the idea of being able to sing. I, that was like always something that I wish that I could do. And it's so crazy because I could always hold a tune, but I could never fully sing and I'm not like a freaking you know A-list celeb singer you know what I mean it's like I use auto-tune just like a lot of people you know what I mean I've come a long way I still need to do some work and that's something that I don't think that you can accomplish unless you're truly passionate about your craft which you've experienced with your career I'm sure you know like if you go 10 years of writing music and you don't stop that's got to be pure love and passion because I don't know a single person that can do something for 10 years not become famous not make money money off of it and still keep pushing. Let's backtrack real quick because you talked about auto-tuning. I actually just watched this video. She is a very, and I'm so pissed at myself right now for not remembering her name because she's fucking incredible, but she's a vocal coach on TikTok and I'm sure you've seen her. She's African-American. She is just- I know exactly who you're talking about. You do? Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh -huh. I just can't think of her name. She is so straightforward when it comes to auto-tuning. She says a voice is a muscle. Anyone can have a singing voice and auto-tuning a voice does not mean you do not have a good voice. Exactly. And I love that part about social media with people being so open about it because there used to be this like lip syncing and auto tuning. And it's like, even if you are lip syncing, right, you're still putting on a badass performance. You still have to have stage presence. It's not just about doing one thing better than the other. There's so yep. much that goes into this. So mm -hmm. I loved her talking about that. that. I found that so refreshing because she was yeah. like, you know, a good voice still is a good voice, whether it's auto-tuned or not. And Billie Eilish has so openly true. talked about that too. I love that. It's a crazy dynamic because people in the outside world of music, when they think of auto-tune, they think, oh, this help this makes a singer a singer. This is what this is why they sound good. But really, we just use it for pitch correction. So that's a lot of artists that do. And if if you can't notice the auto-tune in the voice or on the tracking or when the song's mixed, mastered, engineered, and released, they're basically just using it for, you know, some correction. And that's kind of like the point where I've, throughout the past four years or so, I've been able to dial it down, dial it down, dial it down to where you can barely even tell that it's on there. It's a crazy dynamic. And I think that commercially, who really started to open the eyes of everybody else was Post Malone. Like he would always bring up auto-tune anytime anybody would be like, hey, hey, you're a good singer. And he'd joke around and be like, yeah, it's because of auto-tune or whatever the case. But he really brought it into light because when you talk about it with any artist, even Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber uses it everybody uses it it's almost this sound and it's an industry standard now where you want to have imperfections in your songs because that's what separates you from everybody else but as far as the tone goes you want to be at as at as 
close to perfect pitch as you can get auto tunes what get you, gets you there so i mean it's yeah i never used auto tune until probably five years ago four years ago and that's when i started to learn my singing voice and if it wasn't for auto tune i wouldn't be as good of a singer as i am today to be honest it helped me gauge what pitches sound correct and and how i can get there and okay once you turn it down a little bit little bit it's like takes me a couple of months and then I can reach that note just as good as the previous year when I had the auto-tune turned up more. Uh, you know, it's it's a great thing to have. And I think at this point, everybody, most people are aware that it's it's being used by everybody. I love it. I love auto-tune. Sometimes I'll turn it all the way up, hit a little T-Pain. Hell yeah. Here's the thing about it too. Like something that has been one of my biggest pet peeves since started this podcast, it's always the people that have unsolicited advice or an opinion about what you're doing. The people that don't know what it's like to try and put yourself out there. I'm like, dude, don't right. fucking come and give me advice until you've tried putting yourself out there creatively to where yeah. you flop, you do shit that's cringy to where you think you're going to put something out there and you, you're like this one's gonna do so fucking well and you get like you know fucking five views that shit's happened to me and it's like until oh, you yeah. know what that's like you don't get to offer me unsolicited advice fuck no i literally tell that to everybody i'm like listen if you want to sit here because uh, here's the thing we're in utah we have the nicest people in the world i don't want to talk shit on my home state but it's very weird there's a line and there's the lds line and then there's the salt lake city kind of like rebellious line and then it's those people. That's like the two areas in this state. We also have so many freaking TikTok influencers coming from Utah. It's just like this catty freaking look. Like these LDS women, I'm not going to lie, gorgeous. And they have they have great style and, and, and their lives are pretty interesting. So I got to give it to them. But it always seems to be the people that are the least intelligent. And for lack of better term, they end up giving you the most advice or the least experienced because I feel like, you know, as much as like I've learned through my journey of content creating, social media, putting myself out on the internet, singing, being a musician or pursuing a, a music career, I have the most open ear to hearing criticism or advice, but you're never going to hear someone who's like above you or doing what you're dreaming of doing. They're never going to talk down on you. They're only going to give you like constructive criticism that you can take and, you know, kind of like let it bleed into your roots a little bit and you can use it to your advantage. All the people that talk shit and hate, those people aren't a freaking hair on my nutsack at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel like I've had so many people in my homestay. I'll just let out a little bit. I've had a lot of people in my homestay talk so much shit about my TikToks because my TikToks are incredibly vulnerable. I'm goofy, but that's just me. And everybody that met me before they've met I, I use vendetta lust as a term because I feel like I've really grown into myself as I created vendetta lust. I went through this journey where I was in a relationship for five years on and off and, and I, it created a version of me that I didn't like. I wasn't like the best dude. I kind of was a douchebag. I had an ego. I think that held me back from my career more than anything else. It works for some people, but I feel like when it comes off of me, it, it feels disingenuine to people. Like I don't pull that look off very well. So like at creating vendetta lust, I went through a heartbreak from that relationship and it changed my life forever. I was like, I felt like I needed to be this tough, freaking masculine buff dude who like didn't show his emotions, didn't care what other people thought. I'm the shit type of mentality and and I hated that person. It was the most miserable I had ever been in my life. Growing into this new vulnerable side of myself, not new, but I guess growing into my own skin, being vulnerable, emotional, doing be, showing the goofy side, revealing all of my you know, tea on the internet. People make fun of that because they're used to seeing that over-masculine, shitty person. And I'm like, listen, you have no idea who I am. And that's okay. You don't know any better. But at the end of the day, like if I can impact a couple of people for my videos, I'm happy with myself and I feel like I already made it. So fuck them. As long as you're happy with your journey, like you said, who gives a fuck? You know, I mean, I think that at the end of the fuck. day, that toxic relationship was probably one of the best things to ever happen to you, even though it ended up, you know, yes. because look at the evolution and look at the fact that you're able to compare who you are today to who you were then. I feel like that is true artistry right there, being able to tap into that and sharing it with the world. Most people Absolutely. don't ever get the opportunity to do that, you know? That's true. Yeah, I freaking agree. And it's, 
I didn't treat her the best either. I always like make that aware too, just in case like when I do talk about it, I want people to know I wasn't the best guy to her. I went, when I first ended the relationship or even when I was in the midst of it, cause we'd go on breaks and it was just toxicity all around. I used to just blame everything on her, but it wasn't all her. It was a lot me. And it was just stemmed from my own insecurities and trying to be somebody I wasn't and, and being addicted to attention and thinking that that ruled everything else. Growing into this person now, I think it wouldn't have been possible for me to grow into this person if it wasn't for owning the harsh reality that I wasn't the best guy at a period and point in my life. I always feel like that's important to convey because that is really the biggest step. I get a lot of messages on TikTok from people that are like, how did you get there? What did you do to, you know, get to the point of where you feel this happy and you feel this free to just be who you are on the internet or in your life? My number one thing I say is I owned the shitty person that I was before, felt that it was painful. I let it go into my body and I felt it and I let it go and I moved forward into the person that I always knew that I could be. And it was hard to get there. And I'm still working towards it. I still make mistakes, right? It's very, very few compared to like the mistakes I used to make on the wasted nights back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're my special guest, we're going to go ahead and say, fucker, she deserved it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's something crazy. Like nobody knows this except for a few of my close friends, which, and I, I don't care if anybody knows now, but her and I, like we've had conversations now. We're honestly like friends and we're cool with each other. And that was like really cool. Cause that brought a lot of grace. You know, like I felt that her forgiveness also helped me like push forward. And she's, she's an incredible woman. She's got a son. They are freaking thriving and living their life. And she's done a lot of growth and I'm proud of her. And even though we'll never be together, I want her to be happy with somebody else and find that person. And, and hopefully my hopeless romantic self can find someone at some point again, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. And I love that you're able to see that going separate ways was a win for both of you. And I mean, yeah. it could be worse. You could be stuck on child support. That's true. <laughs> How do I not have a kid at some point? Because I wasn't always the smartest. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, like I wasn't always the smartest guy, but I can't wait to have a family one day. It's like one of my best biggest dreams for sure. Well, I know for sure you'll be a great dad because the way you talked Thank about you. your dad. So I love that. Thank you so much. Yes. But no, no more of that mushy shit. Let's move no on. No more. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Do you think followers are going to be upset with the fact that you're all covered up on this interview today? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> it was so funny when I hit you up on that TikTok live. I was so overwhelmed at how many people were like, take your sweater off, take your sweater off. And it's like, listen, listen, we're not going to turn this podcast into like, oh, it's really hard being good looking. We're not going to do that shit. Okay. <laughs> but, but it was so overwhelming. I could not believe how many people were like, take it off, take it off, take it off. And I was just like, does it's it ever like get annoying? Honestly, no, I put that on myself because at the end of the day, like I know what I'm doing. I know what's going to bring more traction. Me taking my shirt off, I know it's going to attract more viewers. And then I talk about the music and then I talk them in to listening to my music. Hopefully they enjoy it enough to stick around. And, and I've been, but I honestly, my, my social media journey has been so incredible. I haven't had crazy viral success yet. So I don't know what that'll bring as far as like hateful comments and stuff like that. But up to this point, never had really other than like two times. I, I literally can count two times that I was like, people were hating on me. Other than that, everybody else has been like the sweetest people. I have been so lucky. And I don't know why I've been so lucky because I know that a lot of other people have to deal with hate. And maybe it's because I keep it so real. My social media journey has been, I've been incredibly lucky and I'm so grateful for that. It's brought the most incredible people into my life. Like you, like we connected on social media, you know, it's, it's the craziest thing to think about. Absolutely. And hell yes, because let me tell you something. If I had a hot bod, I'd be fucking naked on the internet like yesterday. <laughs> you can't imagine how many times I've been asked to create an OnlyFans. And I like, I've been tempted before because this past year for me financially was really difficult. I've been with the same company for nine years. The economy kind of got pretty shit. It affected our company a lot. And so I actually had to shift and find a new job. This past year, it took everything in me not to create an OnlyFans. I literally was like, I bet you I could make five to 10 grand in a month if I actually created one. Because a lot of my 
fan base, I would say lately it's been more women, but the first year of me on TikTok was all LGBTQ+. And that was like the majority of my following, I would say, because I don't think women really care too much about nudes from dudes. Like my money-making would be be with all the gay boys. That's that's where the money-making would be. Gays are fucking savages, too. It's like they've never seen a (laughs) dick in their life. It's like... You know, it's funny because I actually know someone who started in the adult entertainment industry. He's never gotten naked in front of a camera, but he was doing like selling of his like sweaty underwear and shit. This was way before OnlyFans. And so he was doing it on Twitter back in the day. And he so he's just a pioneer. Like, Yes. Yeah, for sure. And so he was like selling his sweaty socks. He never even got naked and he made good fucking money off of it. And I'm like, listen, my partner always says, you've got a check. I've got a talent. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) I have been asked to sell my sweaty underwear. I've been asked to sell my sweaty socks. Someone's asked me to fart on them and they'd pay me like so many different things. It is the crazy, like film videos of me farting in underwear and then sending like, or mailing them to them. Like just the craziest shit. And I'm like, dude, as much as I want to say yes, because sometimes it's a high amount, I probably get like asked, I don't know, a couple of times a month. And sometimes I'm like, do I just do it? Why not? Like all I have to do is send a pair of underwear and make a quick like $500, you know, like maybe I should do it. And then I never end up doing it. But, you know, maybe one day I will. I don't knock it. Do your thing. (laughs) We all have to make a living. Inflation's fucking everyone. So you know what? Fart in a cup, send it off. Who gives a shit? That, that I do. I'll do that. It is tough. It's it's a temptation that's definitely, it's there. And I understand why it's hard not to do it for me and people with big platforms. Like freaking Bad Baby made like a million dollars in one day or some some crazy shit. I'm like, she's not even posting her pussy. She's just posting shit in like a thong and stuff and like showing her titties. I'm like, okay, listen, if, if I had a platform and, and I could probably make that in a day, I'm not going to lie to you. I might do it. It's like the old, hey, would you do this for a million dollars? Question. People say, no, they're full of shit. You got a million dollars cash there's a lot of things that you normally wouldn't do that you're gonna do and that's just the reality which sucks because money's powerful but you get the gist <laughs> listen if someone came to me right now and said hey drop everything you've ever done in your life and get on this chubby chasing website and you'll make this much i'll be like i've got my passcode i've got everything set up already let's go <laughs> going back to music real quick first of all i want to tell you that i absolutely love your sound and Come i on. No, absolutely. There is this big stigma on starting podcasts and having guests on. They'll just invite anyone. And I am so fucking picky when it comes to like rescheduling, doing it two months out. Like if I like your sound, I will do whatever it takes to be patient because I'm not paying attention to streams. I'm not paying attention to followers. I'm truly trying to put shit out there that I fucking like, whether it's the music I like, if my listeners, your listeners, if they don't like it, I'm still putting this shit out. Thank you so much, by the way. Man, it was a crazy, crazy year. And like, I feel like I'm like now... Finally, I feel like my feet are on the ground. Thankfully, I wanted 2023 to be done and gone in the past. It was a tough year for me. And I and I apologize because like, typically, I feel like I'm very punctual. And I pride myself on that. I usually remember things and schedule things. And like, yeah, that day that we were supposed to do our podcast, I freaking stopped talking to the I, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. I was dating this girl and I like liked her so much. And it didn't end up working out. And that day I literally I broke up with her. I totally spaced everything with us and it was the same freaking day. And I'm like, that's not an excuse. I should have been on there regardless. I will tell you this, something I have talked about very consistently on the pod, something that's brought me a lot of success, even as a choreographer was always listening to my intuition. I am so in touch with it. And when I tell you, I knew there was like no malicious intent, just know that I knew and it's all good. I really do know how to read people. And at the end of the day, it's like kind of like you said, I've made fuck ups too. I've had parts, you know, that I played into that I'm like, God, and show up and I fucked it up, you know, and it happens. Yeah. So who am I to not show anyone mercy? I'm not fucking special. Well, I mean, I am, but you know, it's <laughs> hell yeah, you are. I, I really appreciate you for giving me uh, another opportunity to get on here. I've been so excited to do this with you and watching your content and even like understanding the success that you've had in the industry because everything's kind of tied into one right choreography dance music film all of it is the entertainment industry 
it's all the same. Everybody knows the same people, actually like a smaller community than you think. It's not as large, widespread as everybody thinks it is. It's like so tight knit, but you've had an incredible career, which is like amazing. How did I just got to ask? I know, I know you're interviewing me, but I got to ask what made you want to go into dance and what made you want to be a choreographer and what helped you get to the point of success that you were able to get to? Dude, I appreciate that so much. I will tell you that like 100% my entire life has been built out of being so afraid of being mediocre. Like I came from an immigrant family. I didn't know any English. I was, I've always been the underdog, but that has always been truly like the reason everything that I touch does become successful. It's, I don't have another choice. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just know what you're born for. You know what you're meant to be doing. And I've known my entire life being in touch with my creativity is something I could not ignore. I, I, Hey, I feel that on every level. And I think this is why, like with starting the podcast, like I'm taking my creativity to a different level with creating video, something I've never done before. I don't have any experience with editing, with videography, nothing like that, but I'm truly enjoying the process because if I am truly this creative being that I have always said I was, I should be able to pull inspiration from the people that I connect to. And so this is why going back to what we were talking about, like I've been dying to have you on because I truly genuinely love your music. If I don't like your music, I can't create good content. I can't go and make the videos that I've posted that people have been like, dude, like I've been on so many podcasts and no one's made a video like this for me. And I'm like, I have to be inspired by your art too. As creatives or or dreamers, right? What I got that was like, oh my gosh, I can relate on every level. Everybody always asks me, what is your biggest fear? And it's being mediocre. Living a mediocre life when I know that I was put on this earth to be way more than mediocre. And it's crazy. Like I relate to that so much because that's my biggest fear is living in society's norm. Yes. Joining the rat race. Like that is my biggest fear on the planet. Yeah. And so many people will be like, oh my gosh, these are two arrogant fucks. But it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so you do have to be a little bit delusional to pursue your artistry. I will say that. But here's the thing, like it's that risk that I refuse to live my life following orders and having a life where every year it looked the same. And that was also something I started even when I was 17 years old. My goal was always to be be able to look back at my year and know that I didn't do the same shit. And it's really how I started adding another state to my gigs. Then I added another city, then another state, then another country, because that was always my goal. I refused to look back at a year and be like, oh, it was the same thing. Let me go back to the same thing I know. I'm like, fuck no, I'm hungry for more all the time. Absolutely. Uh, One more question. I just got to ask you one more question. What was your I made it moment? When I got my US citizenship. I would say my I made it moment. I'm still pushing for mine because now I have found this passion for podcasting and having conversations. And something I talk about not often enough is being a choreographer, I was always hiding in the background. Now I am the face of the product I'm putting out and it's so fucking scary, but I'm enjoying it more than I did choreography. And so- I love that. Maybe one day I'll come out of retirement. I'll choreograph your shit for free and your socks are going to go missing. Your underwear is going to go missing. And it's going to be like, (laughs) I'm going to be selling your shit on the internet. (laughs) He's going to be like, why did he take this gig for free? And here I am collecting all your sweaty socks. I'm selling it on the internet. (laughs) He's like, why does he always come with Ziploc bags? I don't understand. Um, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I would laugh. I, I Honestly, I that's like the full circle stuff that I always, everybody that gives me, like I will remember this for forever. It's hard to like put into words when you're not big yet, when people are like, they don't see like the big vision and, and they ask you, you know, like you really think that you like, ha- you'll be able to make it. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Like, it's not a I think it's I know, like, I can see to like the very outfit and what I will be doing backstage at Madison Square Garden. That's how clear it is. And it sounds probably pretty cocky. And I and I know that and like, I never want to come off as that. But it's I'm sure that you've experienced that too, where you're just like, no, like, there's no other way. There is no plan B. This is it. This is planet. And 
even since I was a little kid, like I was singing Britney Spears for my parents' freaking old video camera. And I have the video still. It's great. Oh, I love that. I don't think you're crazy. And I can't even believe I'm going to talk about this because this is something I've been holding on to for a while. I've never said this out loud other than to my partner, talking about manifestation and talking about the power in being able to truly see yourself at a certain level. When I launched the podcast the night before I put out my first episode, I had the weirdest dream with, do you know who Danity Kane is? That sounds so familiar. They were like on the TV show with making the band Aubrey O'Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I had the weirdest dream with that girl group and I've been a huge fan of their music for a minute and I woke up that morning, launched the podcast, but I had told my partner, dude, that dream was so vivid. It was fucking weird. I shit you not. I opened up my Instagram and Aubrey O'Day sends me a DM and she's like, hey, congrats on your podcast, babe. And I'm like, what the what the fuck just actually happened? Wow. And, and I don't follow her. She doesn't follow me. I've don't even know that we're connected in any way. It's got to be like all energy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's the craziest thing. That's crazy for it to happen like that. You should have been like, hey, no, we need to get you on. No, I did. She left me on red afterwards, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Still though. Yeah. It, but you know what? It's so fucking cool. Some of my guests that I've had, like Matt Sarafa, I've had some pretty big names on here and yeah. people think I've used connections. And that's also another one of my secret weapons. I have yet to ask for any favors from any of the people that I was connected to in the industry because I respect their artistry so much that I refuse to bring them on when my shit's just getting started. I'm like, watch what I can do first. And to me, like I like I was telling someone just yesterday, I'm like, if I am having you on my podcast, 1000% is because I have already envisioned you at the fucking highest you'll ever be. Because I refuse to give my energy, my time to just like, hey, who wants to come on my podcast? I'm like, fuck no. Like whether people rock with my podcast or not, I'm fucking enjoying it. I'm having fun. Fuck yeah, I love that. And thank you, by the way, that means a lot. And I do feel like that's when things tend to start to happen is the more people that start to believe that you're a star, right? Like it's a domino effect. Like the more that like more people start to get in their brains, like, oh, Ashton's going to be big. Ashton's going to be big. That's when things start to kind of happen and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then eventually, you know, and it's crazy because everybody even like, you know, just with like Doja Cat thinking that like people just blow up. I'm like, if you go look at like her past, she was a full-blown musician with a record deal before she even released the Moo video. No, these are artists that have, you know, 10 years of writing music. It may seem like a blow up because it happens quick. It's like you create a sound that somebody ends up gravitating towards and then they show their friends. And then next thing you know, you're like starting to like gain momentum and get on playlists and then boom, it goes. And everyone's like, oh, he just blew up overnight. It's like, no, no, this is over a decade of work. Hell yeah. And I will say this, in my opinion, if you're pursuing what it is you're truly dying to pursue, you've already made it further than most people. Because there are True. so many people who are going to watch your life one day and be like, man, if only I could have taken my singing career and uploaded my first song to Spotify. But it's like people don't realize how that leap is so yeah. far. So you've already made it in my book, dude. Hey, thank you. I mean, I'm on here too. It's crazy. It's like the little opportunities always always, always was like, I want to do podcasts. I want to get interviewed. Like, I wonder with that, like when that'll happen, you know what I mean? I'm sitting here and like, it's so, cr I was talking to one of my best friends who got me into music in the first place. Uh, just before I hopped on here, I'm like, dude, I'm getting on a podcast right now. And like Sky Moe, he's incredible. The way that like, it's those steps that you hit and you manifest it, you work hard. Next thing you know, you're doing it and you're like, oh shit, this is possible. It's amazing. I'm and blessed to be here. No, dude, I'm, I'm so over the moon and not that I need to toot your horn anymore. I've had this activity that I, or not really an activity, it's just an idea I've had that I was inspired by you to do. And I've had other musical artists come onto the podcast before you, after you confirmed, and I refuse to do it with them because I'm like, no, this was for Ashton. I have to do this with him first. And so I'm really excited about it because this was just an original idea I came up with when you and I first started talking. Concept is called You Have a Song Titled. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the song title of a song title that you have and I'm going to ask you a question with that song title in it and it could be relevant to the song it could not be relevant to the song but I was really inspired by your song titles and I take the way I create titles for my episodes I take that shit so fucking serious so I'm like you know what this is something I have 
to hold on and do with him first before I do it with all my other musical artists. So you're the shit for that. Let's go. Thank you. By the way, that was really nice of you. Of course. You have a song titled Hopeless. When's the last time you felt hopeless? Last summer. I, yeah, it's kind of deep, which (laughs) things with me always end up getting deep. My parents ended up getting a divorce and and it's like a crazy dynamic. They've been together for 16 years. My stepmom has been my mom. She's played my mom role. I don't have a relationship with my real mom. I never thought that I would ever have been as affected as I was by it. It was an ugly, more of an ugly divorce. I just broke my heart and I felt like I couldn't lock in on anything that I wanted to lock into. And I, I, I had my biggest show last year that I've ever had. I opened up for Kiara and it was weird because the buildup to it should have been so beautiful uh, where I was just like happy and glowing with excitement. And I was just sad. And then like the night of the show, incredible. It was the night of my life. I had so much fun and I was just navigating all these feelings and I felt really hopeless there for a little bit up until probably like three months ago where it kind of started to click into me. I actually started doing spiritual like healing sessions. So breath work sessions and, you know, sound bowl sessions. And I had my first session and it was with uh, Leah Klein. And she is the most incredible. She's she's like kind of she's been mentored by Awaken. Jake Paul goes through Awaken. She just did a breathwork session with Jake Paul in Puerto Rico last week, which was so sick. I was messaging her. I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. And she deserves it all because she's incredible. But she almost acts as a therapist as she's doing these sessions. It was the first time I'm an emotional guy. I always cry. It was the first time that I had literally bawled my eyes out in over a year and I had just held so much in and I didn't realize, like, I knew I could feel everything and I wasn't numbing myself like I had in the past, but everything came out. And it was like this weight on my shoulders that she helped lift off. And it all came from like breath work and letting go of this tension and these, this vibration in me that no longer served a purpose in my body. And I've always been the type of person that rejected spirituality in a sense, because there's a point where like, I do think that some people are a little too deep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I always rejected that part. And I was like, you know what? I'm a logical thinker. I'm okay. I don't need that. But doing that, it changed my life. I'll always do those for the rest of my life now. Have you ever done a breathwork session or anything like that? No, I haven't. But I was ironically enough, dude, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, like literally last night. You have to do it. I was like, I honestly, I had never been so scared. I was like, I don't know what to expect. Like, am I going to be able to like let go and actually do this and accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish here? Then I just went in there with no expectations. And I was like, hey, you know what? Whatever happens, like it's meant to be. I need to let go of some stuff. And if I'm able to let go, great. If I'm not, at least I gave it a shot. It was the best decision that I have ever made in my life. Like, honestly, better, better than therapy for me. It was like this overwhelming sense of relief and love for myself after that. Because I think that I had a really tough time loving who I am last year. You have to tell me if you decide to do it, you have to tell me how it goes because it changed my life. I mean, I do breath work when I walk to my living room. I'm so out of breath. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, I'll definitely let you know. But it's funny. I was just talking about that yesterday. So that's very weird. I feel like that was a sign of the universe. You have a song titled Nightmare. Have you ever had a reoccurring dream that tripped you out? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is going to freak a lot of, this is not going to freak people out. The people that love and care about me they're gonna be like dude this kid i keep having this reoccurring dream that me and my ex are together in the dream and this has happened once a month for like the past like six months probably in the dream we'll look at each other and this and it happens every time i have this dream we will look at each other and be like can you believe that we're like back together after everything that happened and like we love each other more than we ever have and like our families like we all get along like everything is like perfect that same thing every single month it happens. And it's the craziest thing because it confuses me. I'm like, what's going on? Because I really don't like subconsciously, maybe I thought it up or something, but last week it happened again. And it's crazy that you say that because it's not reality because my ex is in a relationship, but. Interesting. Well, I mean, she's in a relationship now until this episode drops and then she's going to be like, (laughs) (laughs) you have a song titled Problem Child. What was the biggest headache you cost your parents? 
what wasn't is the question. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I would say probably school. That was probably the biggest like thing that drove my parents nuts was that I could never lock in. I knew that I was never going to go to college. So I think in high school and junior high, I was like, what's the fucking point? This is why I always say, though, don't count out the kids that do so bad in school because there's a reason for it. What's crazy is I met a couple of like some up and coming artists that have like pretty big platforms that are like well on their way. One common thing that I've noticed if they were involved in school, they were in theater. And like anybody else that's a creative said, fuck school. I should have been in theater. If I would have taken school seriously and I didn't care what people think, I would have been a theater kid. Yeah. I always cared too much what people think up until now. I don't give a fuck what anybody Dude. thinks now. That was so me in school too. Like, I wish I would have done the plays. There's a reason yeah. people like you, you've contained that level of creativity for so long. And you know what? Let it fucking explode this year. Letting it fucking explode and honestly like i am if i would have made it when i was 21 i would have fucked it up i say that. that all the time i say that all the time oh yeah like i would have been i i would have messed it up there's no way i wouldn't have through those early 20s like i was so lost with the amount of partying that i did like there's no way that i wouldn't have fucked it up now knowing what i know now and going through all those experiences Oh my gosh, I'd way rather make it at my age now. I feel like my breakout year is going to be 29. That's like it, when I feel in my body, I'm like my breakout year is going to be 29 years old. I, I turned 28 in freaking shit, 12 days. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I'm getting old. I'm so happy to turn 28. Are you kidding me? Like the most beautiful things in my life are happening now. And it's crazy because most people don't understand. There's like this stigma of making it when you're 21. Like people think that that's like the majority of people that make it when that's probably 10% of the famous people that you see. 90% of them don't make it until they are their 30s or late 20s. Like if you look at Russ, Russ was 25, I think, when he made it. Two Chains, 31. Jelly Roll, 35. Like, didn't accept an award until he was, and I mean, honestly, I think he was like 37 and for his breakout years, because 39, he accepted his first award. Future, freaking so many people, they don't make it until they're older, because a lot of us, unfortunately, lack the work ethic when we're younger. And we yeah. need to like figure it out and learn what it actually takes to become something big, which is like, I hate that stigma. Everybody always says your time's ticking. I'm like, no, it's not. It's also was a refresher. I was on live with Timbaland. He's like, always like age is not fucking matter. If you sound like you're 21 and you're 31, who gives a fuck? He goes, there was a 33 year old guy on his live last night. And he goes, oh, you still got time. He goes, work at it a little more. You still got time. Like, dude, everybody in the industry knows that this whole age idea is bullshit. For any, any kid who's watching this, this 21 that thinks that they need to hurry it up, you don't. I'm telling you right now, you have time. Obviously, if I could have locked in better when I was 21, I would. So take that advice with what you will. But I'm happy with where I'm at now because I'd have fucked it up back then. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, same. You have a song titled Black Lingerie. If the girl of your dreams had a fetish for you to wear black lingerie, would you? Fuck it. Yeah. I would probably be like, uh, you think this is going to look good on me? But I'd do it if she wanted me to, for sure. Anything for would love. You? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> i got your ass bro would you i don't think i would do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i don't know if i would either <laughs> depends on how much i loved her if i if i loved her a lot yes i would i would do it if that no. was like her kink yeah when you are so attracted to someone you could get me to do anything people have some weird kinks trust me mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm sure you know i know so like i mean i'm willing to give everything a shot but well not everything but the black lingerie putting it on i might do it as like a gag something you know like make her laugh i'm honestly kind of goofy in that sense anyway actually now that i'm thinking about it i'd probably throw some black lingerie on i threw my ex's bra on one time and i was making and a thong and i was making her laugh her ass off so <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. I mean, look at that. We're we're over here talking about our backup plans. If everything goes to shit tomorrow, look at that. We've got. <laughs> All right, guys, um, I'm putting black lingerie pictures on the internet if I don't make it. <laughs> you have a song titled, I can't even believe I'm asking this. I wrote this a while ago. So, but we're going to, we're just going to go with it. And this is not to shame women, everyone. 
This is not to shame women. <laughs> we don't need to be getting canceled on this podcast where we're just no, getting no, started, no, you guys. <laughs> no canceled culture in here. You have a song titled Bled Wrong. Has a girl ever been on her cycle and not told you? No, but every time it's been vocalized, I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm the type of guy, if I'm in a relationship, I, I don't care. Like, if she wants to, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, let's put a towel down. Whatever, you know what I mean? Or go in the shower, even though shower sex sucks. But there was this one time and I was 18 or 17. And it was a girl that I had known for a while. And I was taking her virginity. Her cherry popped. But it was crazy because this is what she told me, okay? I don't know if I believe it fully because I'm like, when a cherry pops, I don't know if there's that much blood. Because this was like covered my freaking bed. And I felt so bad because she was extremely embarrassed. And I'm like, hey, don't feel bad. It's okay. It happens, you know, whatever. But dude, from my nipples all the way to my kneecaps, there was a freaking twister red circle all the way down. And that was the only bad experience I would say that I had. And I played it off good. Hopefully she doesn't see this shit. She probably will. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the only time. Unknowingly had that happen to me actually but yeah if a girl's on her if she's you know it's that that time of the month doesn't bother me i'm i'm not gonna go down there and eat it but i'll get in there (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of towel you have a song titled gucci linens would Mm -hmm. it be a deal breaker if it got on your gucci linens no so i would just have her take it to the dry cleaner (laughs) there you go i'm just kidding i'd take it myself i'm kidding it was actually like a just kind of a a catchy like start to the song that i was creating i'm not a huge designer guy i used to crave it when i was younger but i almost don't trust people that only like that are obsessed with like status and like designer shit i'm very freaking honest about what I do. Like I wear these Prada glasses all the time. I get them off DHK. I'll buy like seven pairs at a time. And I've lost every single pair except for one now. And that is exactly why I'm paying $18 for them instead of 450 Hell yeah, dude. That is why I love fashion too, though. Because like a lot of the shit that I'll get complimented on, like my shirts with chains and shit, I'm like, thrifted it. Goodwill, Walmart, DIY. Yes. Yes. I'm a freaking sucker for bargaining. And I mean, I I have had real pairs or like real stuff. And and I just like after using it and then it wearing down like everything else, I'm like, there's no point. Like, yes, the quality is great. And I, I do have respect for high fashion things. And if I have the money where it's fuck you money, then sure, like I'll splurge on some garments. And and honestly, my thing would be bags. Like I love like Louis Vuitton luggage. So that's like a, a, a staple that I want to accomplish at some point. But wearing like, dude, I'm a plain, like I love crazy patterns and I will never ever in my life, no matter how famous I get or how big I get, I will never stop shopping at Zara. Zara is my favorite store on the planet. And you can get anything, like any style that's in at the time. Zara is so good at keeping up with the trends. They are, they have the best shit and it's good quality. So she can bleed on my, on my Gucci linens, just not on my Zara. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. You have a song titled Dumb Advice. What was the dumbest advice you've received? Ever or recently? The most recent. Someone said, I don't have thick enough skin to make it in this industry and good luck without me. You'll never get there. Mm -mm. Bye. They gotta go. They gotta go. That was the dumbest advice. And my response to him was, you weren't the golden ticket in this relationship, buddy. It's me. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Not to talk down on anybody, but yeah, that was the deal breaker for me. Honestly, I was like, okay, like be angry, you know, do it, say whatever you want to say. But yeah, to tell me that and then make fun of my stream, my monthly streams on uh, or monthly listeners on Spotify was that's when I was like, okay, dude, peace. Fuck that guy. Whoever told you that can kiss Fuck my him. ass. <laughs> yeah, same. Literally. And and honestly, like, I have a lot of love for him. I will say that. Nope, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, the one thing I know how to do is entertain and put on a good show. I will always, 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 always make that number one. That is, I love to fucking entertain people. And being on a stage, it's almost like you just are born with something where it's natural and comfortable. Because if you were to ask me to get up in the middle of an office in front of, you know, 50 people and have a conversation and like do a, a speech on like a fucking school assignment, I'd be nervous as fuck. 
Put me on a stage to sing, though. I walk out there with a smile. I'm good to go. Like, that's what makes this upcoming Friday so special is that I hopefully get the opportunity to to show, you know, some people who know people, right, that stumble in there and have never heard of me or seen me. And I get to show them what I can do. So I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Dude, I can't wait to hear all about it. And just remember, like, have fun with it. And absolutely, like, don't think like it's too far of a stretch to think that someone could pick up your music or maybe they're you're going to inspire them to want to put it on one of their scenes or whatever it is, right? Like, don't think that you're you're overstretching it. Like, shoot fucking big and go into it thinking that that is exactly what's going to fucking happen, you Fuck know? yeah. So exactly. That's the energy right there. I literally I don't have any fucking doubt. I'm getting fired up. Yeah. (laughs) The one thing that I know, I know everything that I need to do. It's just making sure I check those little boxes every day. If I can check the little boxes every day, which accumulates, you know, content, music, recording sessions, releases. If I can stick to those things and get every single small box checked off every day for the entire year of this year, I know that I'll be leaps and bounds ahead of where. I am right now. And I'm so excited for that journey. And honestly, a big part of that is just staying away from the, for me, the addiction of attention and being out and and getting attention, you know, from women. Women are my downfall. (laughs) (laughs) You're like in 2024, the only attention I want is producers, management. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on a freaking five month hiatus right now with no dating or anything like that because I just want to focus on my dreams and my craft. And if the right person comes into my life, I'll feel it and I'll be able to act on it accordingly. But right now I'm done chasing it. I'm done searching for it. I want to give myself the love that I wish that I could get from somebody else. And so that's my main goal right now. And I express every emotion through music. So what better way than to build a career and work on myself all at the same time versus going on dates? It's going to happen. I can fucking feel it. And when it does happen, we're coming right back and hitting another interview. But we're going to do it in person. If you're ever in Austin, dude, just let me know and it'll be awesome. I would freaking love to. You got to show me the town or we'll go do some fun shit. And hopefully I can do a show there one day. We'll get there. When I do a show there, though, you're coming and hanging out. And then you could even crash at my place. You'll love my poodles would love you. They're the coolest. You want to know what my freaking dream dog is? What's that? Standard, Standard poodle. No. Yes. I'm literally actively looking for a standard poodle puppy right now. Oh, I cannot wait. You'll have to show me pictures if you do pull the trigger. If you listen back, I know sometimes people are a little cringy at hearing back their own interviews. I'm narcissistic, so I love to hear my voice. I'll play myself in the fucking car all the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I listen to my own music all the time. Everybody asks me that. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. I feel like I sound good. When you go back and listen to this episode, you have a song titled Live It Up. What is something you want to remind yourself to do in 2024 for you and just you? I want to give myself grace this year. That's my biggest thing. I beat myself up way too much. So I think this year, my number one goal for myself is to give myself enough grace to be more present and enjoy the experiences that I am enjoying in those moments and not to beat myself up for it if I decide to have like a drink, right? Because for some reason, over the past two years, I've put into my head that I should fucking never drink and I've never had a drinking problem. Like I've never been an alcoholic, never struggled with cutting it off or anything of that sort. Like I have had been a weekend warrior before, like all of us, I'm sure. For some reason, I two years ago, I put in my head like you need to be sober and that's the only way that you're ever going to accomplish anything is if you're fully sober. And ever since I put that in my head, it's been a struggle when I do decide to have some drinks because I wake up the next day and I'm like, you're a piece of shit. So that's something that I'm working on this year. Give myself grace. I don't drink very often, but I will probably be pretty buzzed this Friday after my show. But I also think it's the people that you surround yourself with. So that's another thing I want to do is make sure that I show the people that show me so much love, a same amount of love this year. I love that. And I hope you know that if there's ever a point in your life where you feel like you're beating yourself up, just shoot me a text. I am so fucking good at looking at the positive and all the like wrong decisions my friends and my family members make. Like I can promise you I'll point out the positive in it and you'll snap yes, out of shit. So. I love that. I will. You might hear a message on Saturday then. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. It's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you and you've got my number. I'm sure we're going to stay in touch. And I appreciate that. Of course, let everyone know that's listening where they can find you on Instagram, TikTok, where they can stream your music and let's wrap it up. All right, guys. So I am Vendetta 
Gabriel Lush. It's been a freaking pleasure being on this podcast. I appreciate Mo so much. You guys can find me at Vendetta Lust on all platforms, TikTok and Instagram. And then I have a link tree in my bio and on Spotify, it's the same name, Vendetta Lust. No, I don't have a Twitter. So I'm sorry for all you people that keep asking. There's no link in a Twitter bio for you. <laughs> you know why they're asking. You know why they're asking. <laughs> yeah, but I love you guys. I love you, Mo. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been a pleasure and I've had so much fun with you. And I can't wait to get to know more about you and, and watch us both chase our dreams and achieve everything that we've talked about. It's happening. 2024 is going to be a good fucking year. I can feel it. Yes. Well, have fun this Friday at your performance and I'll be shooting you a text on friday to hype your ass up and let's go fun thank awesome thank you so much mo you got it dude thank you so much for your time thank you see ya Alrighty, peace hey if you've made it this far don't forget to follow the socials on the screen or in the description below and don't forget to subscribe to this channel see you next week